Sunday, the 4th of September. Here we go. Little Def Leppard for you. Welcome to the show. What a great jam. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? So sorry. I have not been around lately. Um, Things have been crazy the last week and whatever amount of days since the show. Uh, I want to thank Michael LaPlante for coming on, as he did and as he always does, for supporting. Go check out Micah's new video. Uh, Micah is a savage. LaPlante Arts is the name of uh, his channel. And his new video that's out is uh, about 40, I think about 40 minutes long. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's called uh, The Power of Cinema, uh, about the motion cam, uh, the cinema D&G and, and on Android, which is a pretty fantastic video from what I understand and from the reviews. It's already got 342 views on it. Go check it out. Uh, he's a great guy. He's a good friend of mine. And yeah, go support him. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Why You Laughing Podcast. Here we go. Episode whatever. Don't remember. Who cares? Here we are. Um, Friday was a pretty interesting day. I got something that popped up on my phone. It was a memory about 10 years ago. 10 years ago, my first band, Just Another Day, played their final show at the Rutland Airport in uh 2012 which was crazy like to me i think about it it felt like yesterday that that happened you know i was like i I never in a million years thought that i'd be be like on stage this long you know i know we talked about the 16 years on stage or whatever but today this topic is about time and how you know we go through this life so quickly and uh it's crazy to think that I'm still doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm so busy these days. Like I, like I was saying in the beginning, I'm flying out uh, to Florida next week to play a show uh, in Tampa. I come back, uh, I work for a few more weeks and then October I play at the cider fest on the sixth. And, uh, and then I have, I just got a message today that I'm going to be playing at Granite Roots in Troy, New Hampshire at some point. It's a very amazing brewery that has musical artists every week go up and play. Uh, I believe, I don't know when, but I am going to be on the roster here pretty soon for uh, scheduling. So they're going to be hiring me to play and I'm stoked. (laughs) Can't wait. Free, free beer and I get paid. It's, uh, it's crazy. Um, anyway, yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. 
I've taken on some projects. Uh, my dad is rebuilding, or not rebuilding, he's remodeling his shop into his living space. And so I've been over there every week, uh, pretty much at five days a week. I've been over there for at least a few hours just helping him uh, do a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. And so it's nice to get that little extra chunk of change. That's why I really haven't had time for the podcast or to get guests on and stuff like that. So I apologize. It's been crazy. Um, <clears throat> my conception of time at right now, I'm almost 27 years old and which is coming up next month. And I think about how, when I was a kid, things seemed to just go forever. Like there was no, you know, I had time for everything. I had time to do shows. I had time to hang with friends and do this and that and uh, skate, play basketball. It's like I was just waiting to get the heck out of school so that I could do whatever it is that I wanted to do. But nowadays, it's like a never-ending work cycle. I get out of the UPS in the morning. Or I get up at four every day and I go into UPS and I go to DoorDash and then I go to Dad's and then I do maybe do a podcast or maybe play some songs. And that's the other reason why I haven't been around either is I'm trying to get this record ready for uh, my vacation in October because I go into the studio October 1st. So happy. Or that week anyway. The week of October 1st. So... Getting prepared for that, trying to get these songs done and polished and ready to record. Because when you go into a studio, you can't waste time. You know, you have to have things ready. And that's kind of where I'm at these days with my conception of time. It's just there's always something I have to do. You know, sleeping has become non-existent in, in my life. You know, I get whatever I can. And, uh, you know... I know it's very important and I know we need to make time for it as human beings and it's healthy. But even then it's like, there's that old expression, you could sleep and you're dead. And I've adopted that really into my life, even though I don't believe in it. It's just been a roller coaster of stuff that's going on lately. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so you know, where I'm at now, especially when I did Hoodstock, I realized how quickly things can go. I was talking to Ross beforehand about some stuff that had been going on in my life, and he was just like, just try to slow down. Like, you know, there's always going to be time for different things. And, uh, you know, especially on stage, you tend to rush a ton when you're on stage just because of, like, you know, you're worried that, your time's going to run out and, you know, you're taken away from the other band and just all these things that really happen when it comes to playing live. And, um, I think for me personally, my comfortability is so much more different than it was 10 years ago, you know, especially, you know, that show that we played in Rutland at the airport was packed with all the friends and family. And even then I get a little nervous or whatever, but it's always fun to reminisce about those times and uh the creative the creativity was just flowing back then like i was starting to write hard and you know cj always wrote hard it was like you know and he was so talented as it was to get up on stage and sing the way that he sang and you know 
it's uh it's crazy how we had more time to write these days it's like and i was writing fast i think today you know for instance that song 2am that i have that's out now on tiktok which i'm going to put on the album like that song is going to go on the album absolutely cuz it, it receives so much uh, positivity and I like it a lot <clears throat> I took my time with that song it's like I, I had the inclination to get up because I wasn't tired the lack of sleep thing and I was like you know what let's use this time where I clearly I'm not ready to go back to sleep and write something I had an idea in my head and you know again with the issue of time when you have an idea write it down Write it down, put it in your notes on your phone, you know, have it like a voice memo or something like that because it can go so quickly. And it can go so quickly because of, you know, just as you get older, things start to pile up in your life. You don't, you don't remember things quite as often as you used to, maybe. Um, so anyway, writing that song, I sat down... And I never did this before. It was a freestyle. It was just like, you know, something that came to my mind. And I, for some reason, lyrics and chords, they don't really, they don't really connect right away as often as you think. You know, people think that songs just come about so randomly, like you have the idea in your head for the medley and it's not the case. It's like the words came easily, but the chords didn't. So I had to like fool around and I've been fooling around with different octaves with my capo and stuff like that. So, you know, doing something like that is something I look forward to challenging myself at, you know, and back in those days, 10 years ago, I had to follow somebody else's lead, but I sat back and I learned how to take time and take care of my songs. So, you know, when I was writing 2AM, I was like, it's, it's a privilege to take your time now when it comes to writing certain songs because it turns out really, really good, um, at least for me anyway. So, you know, taking my time these days is so important. You know, I didn't care back then. I was doing whatever I wanted because I didn't have a job. I didn't have, well, let's backtrack that. I think probably I had a job because I've been working since I was 11 years old. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, not what I expected to be doing. So, um, but I'm hoping that with this record, it gets a message across that I really do care about this art form. I care about how I sound. I care about how I come off, you know, with the lyrics. And I hope that it can help somebody and, you know, help them understand what's going on in life. And, uh, you know, that they're not alone to cope with stuff. It's like, that's what punk rock is all about to treat the outcasts as jewels and, you know, 
let them know that they matter. You know, there's so many people now who are depressed, who are lonely, who are confused as adults, like young adults. You know, it's not the same as it was. Depression is at like an all-time high right now. That's why throughout all these podcasts, you know, not mine, but they're offering therapy in any available way possible because things are just getting worse. And so I think with my connection to that, I go through those things and I go through that with the podcast. I literally get in my head to where this show doesn't matter. You know, I don't matter and nobody cares anyway. So like, and then people make comments to me, like they joke around, oh, you're failure of a podcast, you're this and that. It's like, which I don't care. I never did. I subscribe to the fact that you know, especially playing punk rock for my whole life. Not caring about what the negativity that people say is key to this art form, especially with the podcasting. It's like, there's so many different podcasts. I mean, I think Rogan said it on his show. There's like 4 million or 5 million podcasts that are out there. You know, there's, I don't even know if there's 500, if there's 4 million punk rockers out there. You know, it's like there's so many different avenues of creativity nowadays with YouTube and Anchor and, uh, you know, just different platforms to get your stuff out to where I'm happy that uh, I have this art form to remember. You know, I like coming back to this. I like having... I like breaking up, breaking up the monotony with a guest every once in a while. And I can't get a guest all the time because people have lives. So, you know, again, getting older, the conception of time, it's you want to have more time. But things cost money. You know, people have to work. They have to do things that they don't want to do. You know, me, I work today. It's Sunday. I ended DoorDash 7 o'clock tonight. So, you know, I don't thank goodness tomorrow's Labor Day and I don't have to get up in the morning. So that's cool. Get a little treat every now and again. Um, so, you know, what's my point? My point is, is that if you're a young person and you listen to this, or I guess any age group, I hope that you enjoy your time as a youth, you know, getting to know yourself uh, enjoying the time, hanging out with your friends because it goes quick guys way fast. You know, I, that picture popped up on my phone and I just about died. It was like, Holy cow, really 10 years ago. Um, and I just want to say that I appreciate all those people who ever came out to see us because it was really a special time in my life. Like as a kid to be a part of something and punk being such a big word for me in my life, I learned how to write music. I learned how to appreciate other genres and I learned how to play live. And, you know, fast forward 16 years later, here we are. Um, yeah, it was great. It was really, really a fun, fun time for me um, because I learned so much 
that I didn't expect to learn. Um, I learned what it is to play with a group of people. Uh, I learned what it was that we would annoy each other. We would get on each other's nerves. And, you know, you have to, bands are like families. You have to get through those things. If you don't get through those times, if there's not a struggle, then, you know, you're really, you're really not being that creative. I just want to pause the podcast because there is a fly <laughs> that has been asking for it, man. Like it's been, it's has not stopped flying around the studio, which is my apartment. It's about to die. So hang on a second here. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> I think I messed my desk up more than I <laughs> Tried to kill the fly. Um, anywho. So, yeah. Cherish those good times that you got. Like, holidays, you know, like, when you have time off and stuff like that from work, I enjoy that. Like, it gives me time to actually reconnect with my younger self and hang out with friends or just take a beat and really, you know, appreciate what I you know, the free time that I have, which is like to play music or go out and have a beer or something like that. You know, it's, or get on my Harley. All those times where you have free moments, it's really special to hang on to those because they're not going to happen often. When you get older, you'll have less and less time to do those things. The other thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, Taylor Hawkins, um, I don't even know what to call it. It was like a memorial concert or whatever it is. It's amazing, man. Like to have so many artists come out and support, you know, like Eddie Van Halen's kid came out and played. And uh, I think for me personally, the way I connect with that, when I was growing up, Ten years ago when I started Soda, like right around that time, um, you know, it, it was it was really, really cool. Like because I I was um I was seventeen. I was seventeen when I started Soda. So it was like when we finally got going, you know, right around two thousand eighteen and we started making friends. Those guys today are my family. Like Lost in Transit, I've had all those guys on my show, some of them multiple times, Georgie, who was in Soda with me. And it's it's really important for that to happen. Those things are crucial when you're starting a band or you know in general. It's like to have a support system like that is somebody that you could call on the phone and say, "Hey, you know, we're doing uh, the Starlight. Do you want to? Do you want to get booked and open for us and this and that? I think I had Todd on this podcast uh, a while ago. Shout out to Rustic Brewing Company, who is killing it right now. Go check those guys out. Um, it's amazing to see their growth, and it's amazing that you know we basically we're all on this journey together. I went over there and toured the brewery and uh Todd was even saying that like he wants to start a stage there and really connect back 
with his music and give back to uh, all those local artists and stuff like that. Cause we all were there with him, man. We were all there when uh, his story really started to get kicking. Like he was in a certain band. I won't mention the name and they sort of th- threw him in the ditch and now he's really rocking and rolling with his, uh, with his art, which is craft, which is making beer. And, uh, I'm so proud of him. Like, I'm so proud that he's, you know, Todd's almost 50 something. So it's like, I think he is 50. I don't know. I haven't asked him in a while. <laughs> he's just been the old guy in the bands for years. <laughs> so, um, but I think about him and his journey and the time it takes to, to build those dreams and to build that brand, you know, even if it's just branding yourself. So, you know, getting back to what we were talking about, I really appreciated during my career at that point that I had so many positive people around me, especially in the solo days, man. I mean, I was getting phone calls left and right to come play this or come play that, you know. I was at the beach yesterday sending off my our good friend Romeo, who uh, is moving to Georgia. Shout out to you, brother. And uh, somebody came up to me and that knew Romeo and said they were from Amesbury in Amesbury, Massachusetts. I played in front of 200 people by myself in Amesbury. And it was like one of the greatest... If personally for me, it was one easily one of my top 10 performances that I've ever, that I've ever had. Like it's one of those moments where everything's clicking. Like you forget there's a crowd almost. You forget that there's people there and you know, it's just you, the stage and the lights and the music. And for those, you know, 45 to an hour moments, you know, you are just on another planet, you know, you're just, you're so connected with your craft. That's the other thing about time is that for me personally, playing music, I do have those moments where I need to slow down. I do have those moments where I need to like appreciate the art. And that happens when you're on stage a lot. You appreciate the art. You appreciate the fans. You appreciate the sound guy. Oh, God, please tell your sound guy how much you love him. It will go a long way for you. You'll get gigs. You'll get respect because those guys are the backbone of those clubs, man. They are really, really to be respected. You know, I never once had a bad experience really with a sound guy that didn't care you know because those guys nine times out of ten are either volunteering they are very like triggered that they have to be there they're getting their 15 20 or whatever it is just to sit there and you know move all the microphones around and get your levels right like there's so much that goes into just setting up all that stuff so you know Shout out to all those guys that really, really do solid work. They uh, they are the backbone of those shows in that sort of world. So anyway, back to Amesbury. Uh, I think at that time in life, I was probably 
15, 16, something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was great because I had taken what I'd learned from the band from just another day and I had applied it to, you know, my, my craft at that point, which was to be progressive on my own, which is a hard thing to do. You know, you have so many outlets of like you have so many opportunities as a band and trying to make it as a single artist is, is so tough. You know, there's a lot of toxic people around you. Uh, there's a lot of competition, but I never, it never got to that point. It was always like, we would so much rather, you know, the, at least the artists that I, had performed with, we would so much rather lift each other up than break each other down. It wasn't that type of party, you know. Everybody was happy to be on stage. Everybody went up to each other and complimented each other. Oh my gosh, you guys did great, or you did amazing, you know, this and that. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to taking the opportunity to uh, go out there and try to do it again. Got him. <laughs> that fly has been executed and he is gone. <laughs> Poor fly. Sorry. I just get very annoyed by bugs. Anyway, I think probably I was playing more covers at that point um, because it's hard to form something that's good as you know a single artist it's it's tougher because you're responsible for yourself you're responsible for the songs you're responsible for the art form like you're responsible for your spin on things and with the covers i thought i could do that and sort of figure out a way to put a spin on you know my own music it's like i had I talk about on here a few things that have kind of bothered me throughout the music thing where, you know, I don't want to sound like a certain artist. I want to sound like me. But the fact is, is that it's hard to do that when everything's been done. You know, everything's been done. You got to remember, it's like, there's not a hundred David Bowie's out there. There's not a hundred Warren Ziders. It's like there are certain artists that are just, they can't be topped because they've achieved something that you never will. Like Eddie Van Halen, nobody's going to play the guitar like Eddie Van Halen. Like he was there first. He had a spin on it right away. So, you know, I'm hoping that my music has that. I know for a fact it doesn't, but I'm trying to gain more of that attitude to where, especially with this record coming up, I want, it's all me. You know, Sully used to say I had Sam songs. It's just like, it's not, it's not what I want. You know, it's, I want them to be coming from me, but I also want them to be, interpreted by the punk language 
you know, which is it's okay to be different. So anyway, I did those covers and I still play those covers today because they changed how I was able to write a song and how I was able to communicate with people. I mean, people love covers. You know, they really enjoy something that's familiar that they can possibly sing along to. You go up there and play all your stuff and not pepper it with one or two covers. It's kind of lackluster at this point. Even today, like Green Day will go up there and play ACDC covers. They'll play um, Black Sabbath covers. You know, it's like they may not play the whole song, but they'll pepper it with something to that effect. Me personally, I love to pay my, for me, I think it's paying tribute to the artists that kind of shaped you. So, you know, doing something like that has always been fun for me. And I think when I go play Granite Roots, that'll really matter because when I play Granite Roots, I'll invite everybody. Everybody will be out there, hopefully, you know. And, uh, you know, it's a great public place for beer. Shout out to those guys. Their pizza is awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that that continues. I'm hoping they continue to hire me and, um, yeah. So I think that it's important to look at your own journey as chapters, you know, the chapter in my life of being a single artist and, uh, trying to sort of gauge how I write and how I perceive songs. I think journeys like that need to happen, especially with failure. Failure is not a bad thing. And if you continue to fail in your time, you know, appreciate that. Appreciate what you've learned not to do. You know, I used to beat myself up so much after I played a terrible show. I can remember it was like the second show before soda ended. And, you know, I was not doing well on stage. Like I, my voice sounded like garbage and I knew it, I knew it was going to happen from the beginning and I didn't follow my gut, except I did follow my gut because I ended up going to eat Wendy's before the show and I never eat before a show and classic Sam that's where the pain started (laughs) so you know you're gonna make goofs like that it's not a big deal you know I got off that stage I didn't even hesitate to pack up all my crap and go out to the car and sit there alone because there's just you know again with depression and, you know, anxiety, I imagine I haven't had an anxiety attack in a long time. So, um, but I can imagine that you are so in your own head to where nobody is going to tell you that you did good, that you did great, that you were terrible. You're your biggest critic when it comes to that sort of thing. So I walked out of there, walked in the car and just sat there so upset. But that's wrong. That's wrong. You have to accept those failures, learn, and move on. Let me say that again. You have to accept those failures, learn, and move on. Because if you don't, you're never going to be able to have the balls to get back up on stage again. It's going to just torture you. You know, if I 
didn't learn from that, I wouldn't have gone on to play like one of the greatest shows I ever played after that at that same venue. They invited us back and we played. And uh, it was fantastic. And what a bill, man. I mean, it was me, it was us, it was Disquiet, it was um, Lost in Transit, Cornelius. I mean, it was a stack bill. Like, we had some killers on there. So, you know, shout out to all those guys. They're great. Uh, I unfortunately, Cornelius called me up Friday night and was like, hey, do you want to play a show? on Saturday with me and I would have absolutely loved to that sucked that I couldn't go, but I had to send my friend off. Right. So trade-offs, that's the other thing, people trade-offs in life, equal experiences, learning from that. So choose wisely. Um, no, I'm not, I'm like not a hundred percent serious about that, but it sucks that I did miss that opportunity to play with him, but I'll play with him again. Anyway, so, you know, failure is really not as bad as it seems to be at the time. You know, there's a video on TikTok about it. It's like an actor's roundtable or whatever, and Tom Hanks goes into this big speech about uh, this too shall pass. You know, the good times will pass and the bad times will pass. So, you know, expect the unexpected. Let me tell you something, there's no truer statement than that because that happened to me constantly. You know, I would be on stage by myself and crushing and then, you know, years later I'd be in a band and I was doing terribly. You know, like I played the same scenario really except the opposite. I I was... um I was at, where was I, where were we, uh, I was in Templeton, and I had my bucket hat on and my Zeppelin shirt, and, you know, the bill was just stacked, like, there's so many good artists that were playing, I mean, uh, Anna and Brandon, who were a great duo at one point in time, shout out to Anna, she's such a good singer, um, who else was there that time? It's hard to remember it <laughs> so long ago. Um, but I I think they opened for me, I believe. I went up on stage and I was killing. I was killing. It was unbelievable how everything, like I was hitting all the right notes uh, on the guitar and with my singing. And then a few years later, I want to say I came back with Soda, but it was just me and Sully at the time. And we didn't have much time to prepare or practice. Again, getting older, life starts to stack. And, you know, we did pretty good. It was okay, but it wasn't what it could have been. Like, I walked away from that specifically going... You know, we need a drummer. We need this. We need that. And that's when we met Subby. Um, so I look at the correlation between those two. And it really blows my mind. It blows my mind that, you know, you're firing on all cylinders one day. And then the next day you're eating dirt. It's terrible. But if you don't take those experiences and remember them, then you're never going to have... 
a good experience come out of it. Like you're never going to appreciate failure. Sometimes you're riding high. You're like, I am just never going to fail again. And I had that mentality for a split second, you know, where you think that you can do no wrong when you go up on stage because your head gets a little big and people are complimenting you. And I agree with all of those things that they said. Like, I'm happy to get those compliments, but you could always do better. I had to learn that lesson. Like, I remember after what the greatest show I ever played, or the greatest appearance, I'd say, is the story I've told on this show a lot where I was not in invited to what I was about to perform where I was about to perform at like I took a spot in another band set because he graciously offered it to me and wanted me to get up there and play and I I got so psyched and appreciative of how much he respected my talent that I went up there and I had one song to sing and I covered The Sound of Silence as a solo. And there was probably 300 people there at least. Everyone's gathered. I mean, it was, to me, that was giant. You know, I had never as a solo artist played in front of that many people and walked off stage feeling so good. Because at that point, it's like you have nothing to lose in, in your mind. You know, you go up on stage and you're like, Hey, you know, I'm just going to do my best and play what I can play. And then the place exploded and it goes, it's like, you don't expect to have those moments. You know, you don't expect to be pulled aside at a show that you're just going to see and be like, do you want to go out there? You know, it just, it doesn't happen like that when you're not giant, you know, when you're not like you know, Joey Diaz or something like that in the comedy world, you know, do you want to just go out there and, and stretch? But for me, it's, I was always stretching. Like stuff like that was happening more times than not to where I would be at a show to support a friend of mine and they would be like, hey, do you want to go up there and do this and do that? And it was an honor. You know, so that boost of confidence pushes you to, uh, to write, to keep experiencing a crowd going out playing shows and, um, gives you a charge, you know? And like I said, there was no competition back then. It was like, nobody hated each other. Nobody was out to be better than somebody else. You just were who you were. We always ended up partying after. Like, we would go to restaurants, go to each other's houses. And I so appreciated that time. As a youth, you need that. You know, you need to have some sort of connection with the outside world, like feel like you're a part of something, you know, whether it's sports or music or podcasting, you know, I look at the analytics for this show once in a great while. I don't care if there's four people. I don't care if there's 400 people listening to the show. It's like, I do this show for me. I enjoy getting the, uh, the guests on that's a privilege i enjoy if i've helped anybody i hope i have you know it's that's a great honor 
and I've had such a great time. And even if it, this is a failure, even like if it's right what people say when they roast you or something like that, oh, your failure of a podcast, I didn't fail. I learned and I achieved because it's like, what else is anybody else doing? Nobody's out there challenging themselves, trying to do what you do. So if you're a podcaster or a musician and you're listening to this and you have like some trepidations about going out and giving it a try, don't. Don't listen to those people. Don't listen to those negative things. Go out there and try it and fail and learn. You know, that's what I like having different artists on the show. Like, uh, for instance, my friend Dave from Founders Brewing Company. I don't know a thing about brewing. I don't know a thing about beer. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a distributor. I'm, I'm nothing. So to have guys like him from Founders, to have Todd on from Rustic Brewing, you know, to have, um, you know, Corey who comes on and talks about building guitars, it's fantastic for me because I'm learning something I know nothing about. And uh, to have one foot in that world and to try to continue to do what I do and have the time to do it, I'm honored that I, I'm able to be a part of so many different things. Um, you know, jumping into this podcasting game after a breakup of a family who I spent hours and hours and hours with playing guitar, writing, recording, traveling, you know, it was hard. It was very hard. It was like a family just be broken apart and, you know, you lose touch and it sucks. But I'm proud that I don't let that get to me so much that I can't move on in my life and try different things. This podcast has been a huge uplifter for me. You know, especially the the laughs that I've had, you know, the serious conversations, stepping stones, it's all relevant. It's all important. It's things that I think about, you know, and I go back and listen to those. That's the other thing is train yourself to go back and listen, you know, not just to something that's recorded, but something maybe in your memory that you could change about yourself. It's like you have that experience, then go out there and, and make it right the second time if you have an opportunity. So like with this, I don't like listening to my own voice, but I do enjoy fixing those mistakes that I've made in the past. I listened to the first episode of this show, which I need to put back out because there was a problem with the uh, anchor, I guess. I don't know. I have to re-release it at some point. I re-listen to these podcasts so that I can do things differently or better. So, you know, challenge yourself to do that. Challenge yourself to look back in your memory at things that you could fix in uh, upcoming upcoming things in your life. Um, yeah, it's it's insane how fast this thing has gone. Like, 
I cannot believe I'm going to be 27 years old in October. Makes no sense. And to have that knowledge and the the experience behind my back at such a young age is it's crazy. You know, it's it's I've had a phenomenal life. I'm I'm happy that I'm here. I'm happy that I'm able to share these stories with you guys and uh, talk everybody's ear off, apparently. <laughs> anyway, um, I hope you guys learned something from this story. You know, I hope it was helpful. Uh, I hope that, you know, we can uh, we can all have more artists on the show and stuff like that. That's kind of the the whole the whole shebang here anyway go check out my channel it's uh the why it's the why the clapinator capital t h e capital c l a p p a n a t e r uh all my videos are on there i have a few podcasts on there that are cool uh i have my review of crc customs as my new video and um a bunch of reviews and uh, I'm hoping to do more clips and have uh, more views on TikTok because apparently TikTok is like just insanely good for views when it comes to podcasting. So I have a new, um, I have a new TikTok for the podcast at Why Are You Laughing Podcast. So go check that out. Um, I have no dates except for uh, events that are private. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds stupid and uh, sucks, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I will be performing at Granite Roots at some point. So when that happens, I will be sure to tell you guys. Um, yeah, that's what's going on in, in my life. So I hope everybody's good and happy. This has been a solo podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. and We are clear.